to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you have joined us. You can also join us October 29th from 7 to 8.30 p.m. And me and the Detroit Today team for a participant-led smart politics conversation about all things election 2020. You can bring your questions about your ballot, as well as your thoughts and opinions about local and national races. And COVID-19 means you're going to bring your own beverage and get online for this political event where we, as always, uh, respect and uh, and welcome all different kinds of opinions. So again, October 29th from 7 to 8.30 p.m. We are going to have a smart politics happy hour on Zoom because we can't do it in person. And we would love if you would join us for that conversation. All you have to do to participate is register before the event begins at WDET.org slash events. Up first today, Michigan is at a really scary point right now when it comes to battling the coronavirus. We have seen this incredible rise in cases recently, something that we're seeing also in other states, in other parts of the country. Now, the timing of this rise in cases comes just after the Michigan Supreme Court effectively ended Governor Whitmer's ability to extend her emergency powers to deal with the pandemic. The court says she's got to work with the Republican-led legislature to protect Michigan residents. But think about the gulf between the governor and top lawmakers. It is really dramatic right now. Whitmer has long stuck with top medical experts and scientists to guide her orders. Meanwhile, Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirky has said, quote, the virus ultimately was going to win and has told Michiganders that we need to learn to live with the virus. There is really not a lot of play in the joints uh, between those two positions. That strategy that Shirky is embracing includes at least some element of what he calls natural herd immunity, which is a term I'm not quite sure the Senate Majority Leader really understands, even though he keeps using it. And of course, health experts say that would cause tens of thousands of needless additional deaths. In the latest edition of Crane's Detroit Business, senior editor Chad Livengood writes about this switch from what he calls the Whitmer Doctrine to the Shirky Doctrine and kind of predicts where we are headed with all of this. That is where we begin the conversation this morning with Chad Livengood, who is senior editor at Crane's Detroit Business. Chad, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Stephen. So this these, these two doctrines that you outline uh, in your piece, talk about the what they are and what the difference is between the two of them. Well, what we saw from Governor Whitmer for the last seven months was an approach that was inherently a little bit big government uh, that required the government to kind of set um, standards and set some rules so people could uh, try to go about some semblance of normalcy, but not spread this virus further. And so we saw all these restrictions on restaurants capacity and and um, rules and say you just can't go to you can't have rock concerts. Uh, anymore, or at least for the time being, and you just can't congregate uh, in in confined spaces with people. We saw the out you know, what happened with that uh, once we started opening up bars in June, 
And two weeks later, there was 180 people who got infected at one bar, Harper's, in East Lansing. And it became kind of the poster child of, okay, this is what happens when you um, do these activities. And this is why the government is telling you um, we cannot be doing these activities during a pandemic. Um, So the Supreme Court uh, has struck down the governor's authority, the law that she used to do these Uh, executive orders without input from the legislature. And now we are left with just sort of a patchwork of of regulations from state agencies, from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services and and, uh, MIOSHA, the uh, Occupational Health Safety uh, Agency, and then local local county uh, health departments uh, in Wayne and Oakland and Ingham County issuing various orders. And it's no longer a kind of uniform, this is what the governor says uh, approach. We are just in a little bit of a chaotic state now with different uh, uh, different orders. And then the Shirky doctrine uh, is some of the things you laid out in your opening. Uh, he, he has talked about the needing an element of herd immunity, which has been pushed back by a, a group of uh, national infectious disease experts who said, based on the current death rates in Michigan, uh, to, to achieve herd immunity among 80% of the population, you're talking about 30,000 more deaths, uh, from COVID-19. Um, and we're at, we're over, we broke 7,000 this weekend, by the way. Um, so that is a significant number of new deaths, but essentially Shirky is saying, go about your business. He's, he's telling people to mask up, but he's, he's not, uh, at all, uh, uh, interested in any kind of government rule, um, uh, a law, basically, just like um, wearing a seatbelt uh, in a car um, to prevent those kind of deaths. He's essentially taking this sort of freedom um, uh, philosophy uh, and applying it to people should have the freedom both to um, do what they take on the type of risk that, that, that they're willing to live with but also at the same time, take on um, giving other people the virus. I mean, and that's that's kind of the point of the mask. Mm. So, so this this idea that the two sides here should be able to work together makes sense to a lot of people. I think they think, well, look, they're all elected to lead the state, and they ought to figure out a way to to come together over what we're going to do. But give us a sense of how possible that is, not just given the gap between the positions here, but also the way in which the Republican-led legislature has responded to what the governor has done and its own sort of lack of of plan. I mean, it's not as though they're saying, you're doing it wrong, let's do it this way. What they're saying is, you're doing it wrong, let's not really do anything. Yeah, the, um, the legislature they took they took some steps last week, but they were moving the trains type steps. They they extended the unemployment insurance uh, from 20 to 26 weeks, but only through the end of the year. Um, they uh, passed some liability bills that those businesses wanted uh, for COVID, but they didn't actually address any of the public health measures, um, and they don't seem to be. Um, very much, you know, in favor of it, many of them, or, or in some, I mean, Shirky himself is, you know, questioned the effectiveness of masks. Um, and so he's sending a lot of mixed messages. And that's what I kind of put, say is part of this Shirky doctrine 
is a little bit of element of, of uh, chaos and confusion um, is is sort of what they seem to be okay with. Um, in, and and you and you're going to have a result is you're going to have some parts of the state taking this very seriously, and other parts of the state not taking it as seriously. And and that's also resonated to date. I mean, some of the highest growth rate right now uh, has been in the western Upper Peninsula. Um, along the Wisconsin border where there, there's quite a surge right now. And, and just for people's perspective, uh, the case growth right now, we are at uh, uh, 1,463 uh, cases a day average, uh, seven-day average. It's the highest rate since uh, April 10th, um, and, and our peak back in April was April 7th. So we are, we are pretty close. Uh, the, the peak was uh, about uh, almost 1,632 cases average a day. Mm-hmm. We're getting pretty close to the to peaking out where we were in the first wave. Um, and so all, you know, all these confluence of events, Supreme Court ruling, um, sort of, uh, you had immediately had people, and we heard about it from around the state, People just started taking their masks off and, and say, "Hey, it's over." The, you know, and that's that's the problem with just relying on some order from a bureaucrat, really, in Lansing. That person doesn't have a face. They don't have the, they don't have the power, political uh, name, um, and and any or even respect for that matter than the governor does. And, and or at the same time, you also had situations in this you know throughout this pandemic where. You know the bar. The bar owner didn't agree with the rule, but he adhere, adhered to it. And then you would just tell people at the door. You know, the governor says you got to wear a mask. You know, blame her. And and the governor herself has actually encouraged that. Um, she's basically, you know, with the boy pulpit that she has, has basically said, "I'll, I'll you know, I'll take the, um, I'll take the punches on those things." And and and. Um, as long as people are wearing a mask. Yeah. And and the background now of this discussion has to include this plot to kidnap and perhaps kill the governor, which was uh, unmasked for everyone by uh, state and, and federal authorities a few a few weeks ago. And and of course, what we've learned in the time since then is that these were some of the people who had been out marching around the Capitol with firearms, maybe inside the Capitol. Some of them were even with their firearms. Uh, uh, at least one of the people who was charged has been on stage with the Senate majority leader before uh, at a rally. I, I think it's even harder to think through what the eventual agreement between these two sides might be when you've got one side that is at least somewhat aligned with this very very dangerous element in the in the conversation and the the and is caught up in a reaction that is not just about policy but is about uh, uh, you know illegal and really dangerous uh, action against the governor yeah you can understand why the governor and her team would be apprehensive to negotiate with a team that um, sort of palled around with domestic terrorists or, or, or suspected domestic terrorists. Um, that, that, that doesn't um, settle well with anybody. And this is already a relationship that was very frayed. Um, I mean, we just go back to um, uh, the uh, last fall, when the Senate Majority Leader himself was, um, uh, I don't think we can say this word term on, on public radio, but 
he, he used the term of, of battens and uh, feces um, mm-hmm. uh, crazy to uh, to describe the governor and Democrats. Um, and, and and I mean, the governor and her and her um, humor, uh, she sent she sent the, uh, the Senate Majority Leader a bat cake for his birthday. <laughs> but um, but but um, he doesn't have that same sense of humor. Um, and uh, and and so it's 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 very, very tenuous this relationship uh going forward and and it's it's important that they figure something out here uh, um and it's important that shirky actually um change his ways a little bit uh, because he's got he's got he's got two more years and we got two more two more years of, of at least of um of uh Governor Whitmer and Mike Shirky having to work together, um, and uh, and and Speaker uh, House Speaker Lee Chatfield is termed out, um, but this really does um, put a lot of tension on all that when you do have you know, you have this you know really alarming um, murder plot in the background, mm-hmm. um, and you still have policies put in place by the uh, Republican leadership allowing guns. Um, to be um, uh, carried around in the Capitol as a form of protest uh, that you know many senators and representatives see as a form of intimidation. Mm. Uh, give us a call and let us know what you think about the contest, I guess, contest of ideas, if you want to call it that, between Governor Whitmer and the Republican-led state legislature over how we ought to be responding to the coronavirus pandemic and specifically how we ought to be responding to the recent rise in cases. We saw cases go way down over the summer, partially at least because of some of the things that we had been doing to keep away from each other, stop the spread of COVID-19. Now that we're getting back to the world, we're starting to see the opposite happen and cases are going up as our deaths. Uh, What do you think should be the approach to figuring this out? Do you think that the governor should be able to mandate that certain things have to be done to stop the spread of the virus? Or do you think that she really should have to be uh, in, in negotiation with the legislature and its leadership to get any of those things done. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter and put comments there. We'll try to work them into the conversation. Also call and give us a sense of how you're reacting to this rise in cases. Are you starting to social distance more than you did maybe a few weeks or a few months ago? Are you withdrawing from social situations again Uh, because of the fear of all this. Are you stockpiling on supplies, sort of anticipating that maybe we go back to a much more restrictive way of life, the way that we were living uh, in the spring? Uh, Again, 313-577-1019 is the number. Let's go to Anthony in southwest Detroit. Anthony, what's on your mind? Hi, good morning, Stephen. Um, I just think that whatever the governor tried to do, or really any other governor of any other state, is really... um, hamstrung by the inaction by the federal government just having passed the cares act hasn't really left a lot of people feeling um adequately you know uh, protected so financially or whatever so mm. it's just caused more anxiety in general across the country yeah no anthony that, that that's a really great point um and and the 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 background context of 
what the federal government is doing now and what it may be doing in a few months, depending on who wins the presidential election, I think is part of the calculus here uh, in Lansing. Uh, Chad, talk about what the relationship between the federal response is and what the what the state response is and how the presidential election probably figures pretty prominently into that. Definitely. I mean, so go back to March when we when the cases were surging, uh, Beaumont Hospital in Royal Oak, Detroit Medical Center, uh, Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit, they were at capacity. They were on a couple days supply of gloves and, and face masks. And Governor Whitmer goes out on CNN and NBC and all the cable news networks, sort of Fox, and says, look, we we are in a, in a crisis right now. We need the federal government to send us more supplies from the national stockpile. And that prompted a lot of, you know, really the start of the feud with, with, with President uh, Trump, where President Trump has just been, you know, started with, the, the, you know, calling her the woman from Michigan and telling Pence, Vice President Pence not to call to call the governor of Michigan, of you know, one of the 10th or 9th largest state in the union. And um, while there's a surge going on, right? And so that started a lot of the political fight uh, between, oh, uh, a lot of this tension of the, from the legislature on COVID stems from uh, basically legislators wanting to look like they've got um, the president's back. I mean, the Speaker of the House is very clo- seemingly very close to uh, the president, or, or at least uh, portrays himself as. And so um, you can kind of trace some of, of, the, of this tension and, and, and this stalemate all the way back to March uh, when, when, the, when the governor was really effectively using um, the media to, uh, to really try to get uh, supplies. And, and if you ask some of the, of the, of the folks who worked for her and also uh, some of the suppliers, that, they saw that, and that actually did work. It got PPE to the hospitals when they really needed it badly, when they were just burning through it so quickly because of the, of the surge in patients. And so, um, and then throughout the whole crisis, she, Stephen, she has continued to say, you know, continue to criticize the national strategy uh, or lack thereof uh, when it comes to um, how to how to combat and, and try to wrestle this virus to the ground. Yeah. Before I let you go, I want to I want to talk about what's next. The surge in cases is crying out for some response from from Lansing and assuming that it's not going to reverse itself on its own. What are the options that the governor has if she can't come to an agreement with the legislature over what to do? She has been giving departments orders to to extend orders. You've seen some local officials adopt orders that looked a lot like what we had at the state level. But what kind of levers can she pull if the legislature continues to refuse to really talk about anything? And, and really, if you think about it, they don't want anything to happen. And so there's not much incentive for them to even negotiate in good faith over, over these things because things are the way they want them right now, thanks to that Supreme Court decision. Yeah, after the Supreme Court decision, the day after, Senate Majority Leader Mike Shirky told me that uh, he was not in any rush um, in the um, near term to do any kind of um, of, of measure uh, related to like a state of emergency. So what the, basically the options now, since the one state, the state uh, emergency powers law has been effectively struck down, is the governor cannot declare another emergency with this current 
health crisis without the legislature's approval through uh, the night, the emergency powers uh, of the governor uh, act of 19, um, or, excuse me, the emergency management act of 1976. Um, and so it's, it's basically down to all these different regulatory measures uh, where, you know, the health code order from, from the state health director saying you got to wear a mask in public and, and uh, the uh, health code order from the um, state uh, um, MIOSHA, the uh, workforce and um, uh, workforce safety uh, uh, regulatory agency, saying that businesses have to require uh, their employees and their patrons to wear masks, and and then it and then you got you know a, a patchwork of different local ordinances and and county health level orders, and it's just going to come down to those agencies trying to enforce it. Um, and and see how that how that works out and 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 you know they can maybe you know go in and do as many inspections as they can uh, they have the capacity for find businesses uh, that aren't adhering to the to those rules uh, those do send messages but um, but that's basically kind of it right now unless the legislature wants to get involved. Okay, Chad Livengood, senior editor at Cranes Detroit Business. Always great to have you here with us on Detroit Today. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for having me, Stephen. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to have a conversation with Yale professor and author Timothy Snyder. Really interesting conversation about a personal challenge he had with our health care system. Stay with us for more Detroit Today.